0: This is the Well, Well, Well podcast with Cassandra and Britt, episode 41, How to Get Crap Done with Siri Payne. Siri is a mom to three teenage daughters, a certified life coach with the Life Coach School. She has coached hundreds of women to find their route to more organized living. You may have heard of her on other podcasts, such as Colin Karchner, 30 and 30, About Progress, How to Raise grown-ups, and Moms Who Know. Siri is a life coach that works with moms helping them balance the demands of life and motherhood while growing their successful businesses. She helps them create the possibility that they can have both a great motherhood and thriving business without sacrificing the things they value most. She's a huge believer that there is time for everything that you desire as long as it's a true priority. Let's go! Well, 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 welcome to the podcast. We can't think of anything better than conversations with your friends about
1: all the wellness. Let's discuss what the gurus are saying and weave the good stuff into our lives. We aren't experts, but we are your friends and we are here with you. We are so glad you joined us. Hello, we have Siri Payne with us on the podcast today and we are so excited to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for
2: having me. I am super excited for this opportunity.
0: We cannot wait. So Siri is actually me, Cassandra's life coach. I love her. I found her through Brooke White and you heard us talk about her on Brooke White's episode when she was on with us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know that so many people have had such a positive reaction to our episode with Brooke White And they all want to know who is this coach, you know, who is this person? Who's the magician? Yeah. Who's the (laughs) magician? Exactly. And so we feel honored that you had some time to spend with us and brace us with your wisdom. But wait, before we go any further, you know, we have to do bevies. Yeah. So Siri, what are you drinking today? What is your bevy of choice? Well,
2: I wish it was a little more sophisticated or healthier, whatever you want to call it, but actually I drink the generic version. I think it's the great value version of grape, like crystallite.
0: <laughs> I love fun. that you were saying that it's actually better than the brand name crystal Like, no, 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 no.
1: This one's actually better. It, 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 is, might- it
2: is. I promise I've done taste tests, like from lots of people, like the generic version is way better.
1: So I I'm imagining that it's like a grape Jolly Rancher type flavor. Would you say it's along those lines? Yeah,
2: that's probably a good way to explain it. I'm normally not like this huge fan of like great things, but someone brought it over and we had it and it was so good. And I was actually in the process of replacing the bevy that I used to drink. And this one became that I'm like, Oh, that's good. That, that will work. And it works. And every once in a while, when I want a little, I might put some bubbly water in it to give it kind of a little sparkle Mm -hmm. to it. But other than that, that's how I do it. And it's so good when you're feeling fancy, yeah, When I'm feeling fancy, get some bubbly water in there.
1: I could get down with that because I like a grape Jolly Rancher. So I feel like maybe I would like this. You'll have to try it. That's That's awesome. And with the bubbly water, speaking of bubbly water, that is what we are drinking today. And I am thinking that Cassandra and I need to do a taste test of all of the flavored bubbly waters. Like a blind taste test. Yeah. Right. Because there's all these diverse flavors, a lot of copycat flavors. Yeah which one's best. I don't really know. Right. Spindrift
0: LaCroix.
1: Right. And Spindrift is definitely a little bit different because there is some fruit in it. This has a little bit of lime juice. And I like that. I like that there's like a tiny bit of real juice in it. And so, you know, where you're getting the flavor from instead Mm -hmm. of just essence. I don't really know what that means. So at least I know there's actual lime in this one. Right. So the
0: Spindrift lime sparkling water is our bevy today. Yep. And it says, yep, that's it.
1: See, that's 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 the only (laughs) ingredients. Yeah. So I really like this one. Okay. Well, good. Well, thank you so much for giving us your bevy, and (laughs) let's jump in. Tell us a little bit about how you got into life coaching.
2: Well, funny enough, it is through Brooke White. If you guys didn't know that. So back in probably 2017, 2018, She was sharing a bunch of stories of, and I think she actually talked about this exact story on your podcast, which is so funny, but so she was sharing. And in part of that, she was talking about Brooke Castillo and how she helped her with some time management. So I went and looked at Brooke Castillo. I heard a few podcasts and it's basically safe to say it was like, love at first sight, love at first listen. I don't know. I then decided to go be a certified life coach in 2018. And I also built my practice while I was still teaching education full-time. So then in 2019, I stopped teaching so that I could focus all my energy on building my coaching practice. And so here I am.
0: Well, aren't we glad you're here? Yes, (laughs) we sure are. So we have learned a lot about you from our Brookie and we can see how you really specialize in helping people identify their priorities and then teach them how to create a life that supports that. And we have to tell you that the game plan of identifying priorities and then taking action seems so simple and relatively obvious. But then when I think about how often I feel frustrated or bored with my daily tasks, it makes me wonder what I'm doing wrong.
1: Yeah. No, there are so many days that I feel like I wasn't really efficient with my time, even though I have been slammed busy all day. I feel like I wasted the day and I'm exhausted. What did I even get done? And if you ask me what my priorities are, I feel like I would easily be like, oh, of course my family, my spirituality, like these key point things that probably most people would say. And yet I'm not really feeling like I'm checking that list off. So what am I missing?
2: Well, I think it sounds like Brittany that you might be missing your targets. So we often feel like that we are wasting our time Or we're like spinning our wheels or we're doing like all the things as you said but when we don't have a plan for what we want to do with our time then that's when it feels like that's what we're doing is just wasting time so as women you're right we often work all day long we get lots of stuff done but if we don't have a target or like an intention for what we wanted to do or for what's truly important what we want to get done each day then we're often left feeling very defeated and feeling very exhausted What I like to tell people about our targets is pretend like you're going to a target range. And so those are like your priorities. So you said you could easily like name some of those priorities off, but you're busy working all day long. And they say, there's all these targets on the wall. And there are some of them that are like these special magical targets. And they say at the very end of the day, they'll tell you what they are. So you spend all day long trying to hit these different targets. You try to hit the ones that are really high, the ones that are really down low. You're feeling really good about yourself, right? You're, you're like, again, you're spinning your wheels, you're working hard. And so at the very, at the end of the day, you're really excited. And you're like, did I hit my magic targets? And that's when you ask the people that work there and they're like, oh, I am so sorry. But the person that knows the magic target, that person isn't here anymore. So imagine how defeated you feel at the end of every day because you're like, I worked so hard and I did this and I did, and you don't know if you hit it. So what I like to tell people in this like analogy is the targets are our priorities. So in this story, the placement of the targets define your action steps. So if it's a super high one, you might be holding your bow and arrow or your gun or whatever you're shooting really high, right? And your actions are going to be different. And if it's a super low one, you're going to be down, maybe like on your belly. So notice where the placement is. That's going to be the action steps for this target. So once you know the targets, so you knew which ones were the special ones and you know which ones you want to hit, that's when you create the action plan for hitting them. And when you focus on those truths and targets with intention, that's when you get the results that you desire from your priorities.
1: Mm, That is such a good visual. And it's so great too, because if you know which targets you for sure want to hit, then of course you're going to focus on doing those first, you know, get those out of the way. And then if you happen to hit more targets as like bonus targets, then great. Right. But you know, you're going to get those specific ones done.
2: Yeah. And then, you know, the action steps, right? Because if the, the special targets are all the ones on the top row then you don't have to get down on your belly or you don't have to like squat down or you don't have to, whatever it would take to hit the lower targets. And so, you know, exactly what action steps you need to be doing. You're not wasting time doing things that aren't helpful to get you to the results that you want.
0: Yeah. Because sometimes I'll ask Siri something and she's like, well, what's the result you want? And I'm like, well, she's like in order to know what actions to take we have to know which result we want.
1: Mm, Yeah, totally. Yeah. So let's say that I have identified that my kids and my family are a priority for me, but at the end of the day, even though I've spent all my time taking care of my kids and my family, their needs, the house, things like that, I don't really feel fulfilled. I feel some emptiness and like, I'm not doing enough. Like help me understand that because I feel like oftentimes that is the targets I'm hitting, but still I'm left with that emptiness.
2: Well, I think, first of all, you're off to a great start, right? You've identified the priority that it's your family. But what you're missing again, as Cassandra just said, is the results that you desire from making your family and kids a priority. So knowing the result you desire can help you create what I call that treasure map. So when I ask people why, you know, why do they want to make their family and kids a priority? Sometimes they just, they can't really define the why it's, well, duh, you know, like it's because I should, right. Cause I had these kids, right. It's because they're my kids. Sometimes it might be a moral type of you know, issue. Like, well, because that's what God wants me to do. And so I should do that. So the answer sometimes to us seems obvious, but it's really hard to define. So ask yourself, why do you want them to be a priority? You know, not why should you make them, but why do you want them to be? The why I think is really powerful. And the why should be free from fears. It should be free from like the shoulds, like I should do this with, a, with my kids or a good mom does those things with their kids. It should be free of some of those moral obligations because those kind of whys, they don't motivate us long-term. So once you answer the question, why do you want your family to be a priority? When you are able to answer that, when you give yourself the answer, then ask yourself why again? And you want to keep asking yourself that why until you get an answer that you truly love. Because usually what I have found when working with clients and doing the priority work, the answer is something along the lines like making my kids and family a priority is because I want to create a relationship with them. Or I want to spend intentional time with them. Or I want to create memories with them. So when you know the why, then that sets your target up. Now you can plan your action steps into your day, such as if it want if you want to be able to create time with them or family dinners would be what you would plan. Maybe you intentionally have your bedtime stories now as part of your action steps. It might be planning date night. It may be like just turning the phone off in the car during the carpool so that you can ask them questions instead of being on the phone. It might just be deciding to intentionally play their favorite game. So those types of action steps are things you might consider and you want to intentionally plan them. So at the end of the day, you don't feel empty, as you mentioned, or you don't feel confused at how you spent your time because you know what you wanted to do and why. And you know if you hit your targets that you were aiming for based off if you hit those action steps or not. So what I like to tell my clients is I like to spend a lot of time in math versus drama because as humans and as moms, we spend a lot of time in drama, what could happen, what how we did something wrong, why we did it, like just all of those things we tell ourselves and I call that drama. But when you have your action steps planned, you know, the math that you wanted to do every day, right? That's very factual based. Okay. I wanted to play a game with my kid and I want to do family bedtime, But when you don't do that at the end of the day, instead of giving yourself all that drama of like, I'm a horrible mom, I work so hard. I don't get anything done. I'm not accomplishing anything. You're like, wait a second, math, math, where's the math? I did these two things. And then you're like, Hey, I know I did these two things. That's what I wanted to create that intentional time with my kids. Then you get to go to bed feeling so much more fulfilled than if all that drama of that we recycle about not being a good mom or not doing enough or not being as smart as, or as wise as, or whatever we tell ourselves when we go to bed at nighttime. So when the action steps are clearly defined, you get to know if you did that action step, right? You get to know if you are doing those things towards your goal. And if you didn't, you get to know what you did instead, And if you liked that reason, so you get to stay in math, even if you didn't do those two or three things you set out to do, you can just say, okay, well, what did I do instead? And did I like that reason? And it may be that, uh, you know, neighbor needed you and it was a really bad emergency. And so you didn't put your kids to bed, but instead of being like, oh, I'm the worst mom, you get to stay in math and be like, no, like my, it was okay. My neighbor needed me at bedtime and I'm okay that I was doing that. So you get to stay in what I call math. So this allows you also, as you evaluate your day and stay in your math and drama to notice the opposite obstacles that are getting in the way of your priorities. So if you're constantly saying that you want to do something every day and it's not happening, it's not happening. And it's not the emergency, like the neighbor needing you, then you can, huh, what are these obstacles that are getting in the way of allowing me to hit my priorities, hit my results. And then you create strategies to implement into your day, to be able to hit your target successfully.
1: That makes so much sense. And honestly, while you were talking, I was thinking about how you identifying that maybe it's the connection that I want. It's not just that my family is a priority. It's that connection with my children or with my spouse is a priority. And I think that it's so sounds so ridiculous because I promise I don't love drama, but I will say that some of the nights I go to bed feeling like, Oh, that was a successful day is when we kind of have I call it a full house moment, you know, like the 80s show where we've had like a heart-to-heart, heart. we've ended the night. With There's like some music in the <laughs> back that yes. brings in the mood. Yes, and it's when I'm putting the kid to bed and we go over, this is why I got mad and this is what happened. And we talk about our feelings and we share and we have this connection moment. And all of a sudden, even though something bad happened, I feel that connection. And that obviously is what I'm looking for and why I feel unfulfilled when I don't get that through laundry or whatever, even though those are obviously things that need to still take place. That isn't what's filling my bucket. And so how could I intentionally create opportunities for connection without something having to go wrong without problem solving, like a disaster, (laughs) right? Without troubleshooting some you know, fight between the kids or something like that. I like the idea of what could I intentionally do that's part of my plan with the goal of connection. Right. Right. And then if I implement those things and I'm like, man, we're doing these things, we're going through the motions, but I'm still not finding the connection. Well, then that's like, you're saying that's just good information that I can be like, okay, and now what will I do next time? Maybe try something new or If I'm still not feeling like we're getting certain level of connection, is it because I'm not following through with the thing I committed to doing to gain the connection? And why is that? So when you first started explaining that you sit down and you go through your whys and you just keep saying why, 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 until you really get to the root of what it is, Thankfully, I feel like you got me to that route with your example that it is about that connection on that specific priority. So, thank you.
0: Yeah. So, Siri and I had been working on this a little bit. And when you got down to the connection in our discussion, for instance, when I put my daughter to bed at night, I'm exhausted. She's not easy to put to bed. She's five, and every night's a struggle. But when we got down to the connection part of it and I went, oh, it's not like, oh, gosh, who wants to put her to bed tonight? See you in three hours. You know, when I got down to I just want to connect with her before bedtime. It brought so much more peace to what I was doing. That energy was so much more calm. And bedtime is like a dream now. I'm laying with you for an hour because I want to connect with you not because I got to get you to bed and I'm worried that you're not going to get up for school or, you know, worried about this or that it's, I want to connect with you. This is our time together. And this is what we do. We listen to Junie B Jones, the little books on audio. This is what we've been doing. It's like, my daughter is Junie B Jones. And so, (laughs) and so even though she's just like this naughty little character, we get such a kick out of it. And we have had so much connection at night. Instead of, well, I got to read three books because that's what you do at night. Now it's like, ooh, let's get together. Let's crack up over this
1: book. And suddenly we have this connection together. Right. Which is so different than just checking the box of, I want to put my kids to bed. I want my kids to look back and remember that I put them to bed each night and like box checked. It's like, no, no, no. I wanted to have connection during that time. Right. So how does that reframe that experience? Right. Because
0: before it's like, gosh, I really got to turn on Bridgerton. Can we, uh, can we move this along? Do you know, i got to get my Netflix on. And now I, I can just sit there and listen to Junie B. Jones with her forever. It's mm-hmm. so much fun. That's really cool. But yeah. I think the beauty of that
2: also is that you're going to spend that hour either way, right? Either being frustrated that she keeps getting out of her bed and frustrated that she's not in bed, frustrated that you can't watch a show, or you can spend that hour connecting with her because either way that hour is happening, And so how do you want that hour to be? And so that's what I also like to remind my clients when we're going through those tasks that maybe we don't necessarily want to do all the time, like laundry, but it's like, how can you make that a piece of connection? Like, can you ask your kids to come in and help you? Or like, if my kids are home and they're all, maybe all watching a show or they're all doing something, maybe I'll bring the laundry down there with them so I can be folding laundry, but feeling part of it, feeling connected with them. Or I say, Hey, how about you grab the purple things? I'll grab the blue things, and let's like talk about something of your day or whatever. But it's like using, I call it double dipping, using some of those mundane tasks those rote tasks we do to create some connection in one of our other priority areas. And I feel like we're double dipping and getting two things done at once.
0: This is the double dipping we like.
1: Yeah. This is the kind of double dipping we're saying yes yes to. We can get behind this kind of double dipping. (laughs) Get your paws out of my dip. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, but sometimes I'm with you. And sometimes I think I use laundry time when I have felt some fulfillment in laundry time is when I decide that's when I'm listening to a podcast or that's when I'm watching my show. Because again, I'm like giving myself permission to maybe have an indulgence slash like have some like personal connection time. And I'm double dipping. You're dead on double dip. Sheesh, never knew I could like that term. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we think there are
0: two types of people, people who love writing a to-do list and people who do not. Sometimes the people who love writing it down don't actually love doing the things on the list. So what are your thoughts about writing a to-do list? Are they a waste of time? Are they helpful? And what do we do with them after we write them? This is
2: a great question. I think that they are very helpful. And if it's just for the fact that you're getting everything out of your head that you need or want to do, you're getting it out of your brain and you're making space for other things. I like to like make this kind of like equated to like that shopping list analogy. You know how you have like four things on your list and you're like, Hey, I just need like egg bread, milk, or butter. And so you just remember it all day long, all day long. And you go to the store and you just keep thinking eggs, bread, milk, butter. And then you get to the store and then you can't remember that last thing. And you just, it drives you crazy. Well, think about how much time you spent trying to remember that list all day long. If you would have just gotten the list out then you could have like put it away, made room for other things in your day. And then when you go to the store you get your list out and you get your your four things and you go. So I think just for that, even if you didn't follow the list or honor your list, just getting everything out of your brain is very impactful. And then also I like to remind people that sometimes people are hesitant to create that to-do list because they feel like it just really overwhelms them and it just causes them so much anxiety to see everything on their list. So, if that is you, I really believe that there's probably a good chance that there are things on your list that aren't necessarily a true priority. You probably have shoulds on there, like I should do this, I ought to do this. Mm-hmm. There's probably some, well, good moms do this or good moms do that on your list, or maybe, well, everyone else is doing this, so I should probably be doing that. So, if you have some overwhelm with your list, notice if you have any shoulds, ought tos, everyone else's. Is- is on your list and if you have some of those consider removing them like ask yourself why are they still on your list and do you like your reasons for keeping them why aren't you taking them off your list is something you can ask yourself too this will just really allow you to kind of get to the bottom of why you have some kind of resistance in taking these things off your list and the answer usually involves like a fear you know, the, the term like a FOMO, right? Fear of what others may think though, right? Fear of missing out on that thing. Like all the other moms are going to this high fitnessy, whatever. So I should probably go or fear of looking less than. And so just asking yourself those questions and looking at your list, that's just a really good opportunity to think about why that thing is still on your list. Once you have the opportunity to kind of do that and see if there's anything on there, that are some things that you would want to remove. Then your list is full of clarity and intentions. So then what you want to do is take that list that you created every week and schedule a time on your calendar to get those things done. Because I believe that what gets scheduled gets done. Your to-do list is often not something that's super exciting to get to and super motivating and powerful. And so we're going to always push them off. So you might want to intentionally decide to tackle your to-do list at a specific time. So maybe from like nine to 10 every day, you just do things on your to-do list. Or maybe it's like during nap time. Uh, During nap time, I don't take any phone calls and I just do everything on my list that really requires some focused attention. Then when nap time comes or nine to 10 o'clock in the morning comes, we're less likely, I guess, to scroll like social media or waste our time doing something we didn't wanna do because we have a very specific plan for what we wanted to get done during that block of time rather than leaving it up to chance.
1: Yeah, that whole idea of putting a time for the task to be completed, mm-hmm. I think is so key. And while you were sitting there talking about the things that are on your to-do list and why they're on there, if we haven't accomplished them and they just kind of hang out, because I usually do my to-do list on my notes and my phone. Mm-hmm. And so I'll like delete the things I've done. And there's always a couple like lingering items on there. You're like, yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Like I, it gets pushed off and pushed off and pushed off. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to go back and look at that. And really question it. And sometimes it might be that, let's say exercise, for example, it's usually always on my to-do list, but maybe there are days where I really know it's not going to get done that day or it's going to look very different. And so I just need to like take it off and stop because then you kind of punish yourself when you don't do those things. And so I really like that idea of questioning each item that's on there and obviously doing it how you initially explained with our priorities in mind, but then taking that next step of scheduling the time for when you're going to complete it. Right.
0: Right. Because if you keep those things such as exercise on there and you know, you're really not going to be able to do it. Think of all the time, like she's saying with the list of that you spend beating yourself up about it or or all the time you use not using your higher brain. Whereas when it's scheduled, then it's using your higher brain. Yeah. And so when you're scheduling and you realize you're not going to be able to do that exercise, it's your higher brain saying, you're not going to be able to do that exercise. We're going to take this off. And now you don't have to have all the drama about it in
1: your head. Yeah. Yeah. And Siri, I'm curious, why do you think it is that sometimes when we have like a scheduled thing on our calendar why is it that we don't want to do that thing when it comes like when, as it's creeping in the minutes right before that thing, mm. I feel like my brain is just firing all these excuses. Cause um, you don't like your why is that what it is?
2: That's exactly. And if you don't really know why, or like it's a should, it's a could, you know, like when people are constantly like, I should work out, I should work out and I never get my yoga and I never get my yoga in, and whatever. And I'm like, why do you want to do yoga? And they're like, well, just because it will make you healthier. It'll make you limber. Like I want to be 50 and and notice like, if none of that's true for you now, it's more fear-based. It's more of like, I should do it. I could do it. So then they beat themselves up for not getting like the yoga in. And it's because their brain's like, we're not 50 yet. And we're not unflexible yet. It's not important yet. And so you have to make your why something that you find valuable, important now. And it can't be like fear-based or like about like a, f- a future thing that could happen or might not happen because of, because that's not motivating now. And when, then when you're not getting your, again, your body's like, look, I'm fine. I can touch my toes. I'm great. And so then of course your brain is going to make time for it. Cause it doesn't think it's needful or necessary right now. Gosh. And those darn brains like to be right. They do. They like to be very right. So you give it a reason to be right and what to be right
0: about. So it doesn't make up
2: stories for you.
0: Okay. So then what thoughts can keep us wanting to plan out our time and not feeling bored or confined by them? Oh, that's a
2: really good question. Cause I often find that when people are resisting creating a schedule or resisting planning out their time, or maybe they do it, but then they don't follow through. I have found that they usually have thoughts such as planning takes too much time, or I never follow through with my plan anyways, Or like my kid's schedule is so busy. I never can keep up with it. I don't have time, so why plan? Or they think I'm too busy or I have so much going on to stop and plan. Like I just, I can't take it. Or planning doesn't allow me flexibility or doesn't allow me creativity. Plans are boring. Schedules are boring or they're rigid. So if you have any thoughts like that, just stop and realize no wonder that you're not planning. Or that you're not sticking with your plan because you don't feel like they're impactful you don't feel like they're helpful you feel like they're limiting or restricting or they take too much time so i like to think that planning and scheduling should really empower us and it should motivate us so i teach really simple flexible schedules to help you get done what you desire so if your schedule makes you tired or exhausted just by looking at it i think it's really time to clean up the focus of your schedule and really put the just the priorities on it and just make a couple simple flexible action steps that you want to do every day to notice and to show you, you do have time to plan and actually planning creates time. And when you plan, you get to have more flexible time because you get done what you wanted to get done and then you have time to do what you want to do. So all those thoughts that you're thinking about scheduling, just question them and see if they're really true.
1: So if we're looking at this whole concept of priorities and accomplishing things in the sense of our three wells, which are body, mind, and spirit, we're curious if the same rules would apply in all of those different categories. So for example, if I've identified that physical health and moving my body are a priority, why is it so hard for me to get myself to exercise? Is it the exact same reason that I have a hard time reading scriptures, even though spiritual progress is a priority? like caring for our minds by reading books or resting or doing thought downloads and stuff like that are priorities for us as well. So we see that we have things in all these different categories, but sometimes these tasks feel a little bit like an indulgence. And yet at the same time, we know the value that they bring. So that's why we're always preaching about doing these things is because we know they're important. But what do you say to women who kind of see these types of priorities as an indulgence? And how do you help them prioritize their mental wellness?
2: I think the first thing I like to remind them is to not judge themselves for what they believe is indulgent because what's indulgent for some people might be really important or vital for others, right? We don't know what we're going through and what other people need at that time or what we need. So just make sure that you are doing what's important for you, right? Again, decide what's important for you and the why And then you are able to create time in your day for it. If you know why you want it in there, if you don't know again, why you think it's important or it's based on, again, as I said, those shoulds and those fears, then we most likely don't make time for it. So that being said, when we don't make time for things we think are important, as you mentioned, such as some of those physical activities or like scripture study or reading, then ask yourself, why do you think you want to do it? Right. Why is it important? And why is it like, should I be doing those things? Right. Or like a good Christian does these things. Those aren't really motivating for us. We really have to figure out like, why do we want scripture study? Why do we want to have more mental clarity or why do we want to feel relaxed during the day or whatever it is that we're trying to feel as a result of that activity? So I think it kind of goes back to what I've been saying all along is what is the result you want for scripture study, right? What is the result you maybe want from physical activity? Because when you know what you want, it makes it easier to make it happen. So for example, I think like scripture study, lots of people say like, oh, I want to put scripture study in my day, but like, why do you want it? Do you want it so that you can be able to recall all the stories and retell them and allow your kids to know them? Or do you want to do scripture study so that you can fill the spirit so that you can have a little bit of peace and calm in your life? So knowing why you want to get scripture studies into your day and the result you want from them will then create a whole totally different set of action steps. So if you're doing it to try to feel the spirit, but you're thinking like, I need to understand the story and I need to figure it out. I need to know who this person was and who that person was. Then maybe that's detracting from the spirit. So when you know why you want to put something into your day, then you know what actions you need to take in order for that thing to happen. You stinking
1: genius, you. I like the consistency seriously, because I feel like I keep throwing at her. Like, I don't realize it until she starts talking, Uh but like the same problem over and over. And you're like, uh, again, because why do you even want to do that thing? What's the result you're looking for? Is it a should, Do you like your driving motive? All of those things that if you don't take the time to think about that, and it doesn't take that long, because as soon as you're saying this, I'm like, oh yeah, I don't love my reason for that, you know? So just taking that time to ask those questions, first of all, is gonna eliminate a bunch of things off my list. And then the things that are there, I'm just gonna find a new route to get the result I want, right? Because the way I've been going about it has been leaving me feel like I'm spinning my wheels without gaining traction.
2: Love oh, so <laughs> when yeah. you don't know what you're trying to accomplish at the end, right? right. So like you read the scriptures in a certain amount of time. What is it that you really want from that? And that what you want, not from what someone else told you, you will get from doing it. And it might be sometimes you just believe that like, I believe, or I trust that this thing will happen. By doing it, and so you keep doing that thing, just with the belief and trust that it's going to improve your day. And then, as you believe that, you notice things how it is improving your day, and then you develop what I call as your like result pattern. And you just develop what those things are that are giving you that result, and then you can develop the habit of it continuing to happen because you're looking
0: for it in that way to happen as a result of those actions.
1: Yeah, it really just shifts your whole mindset.
0: Mm-hmm. I kind of like the idea, Siri, as you were talking about taking a to-do list and putting a spin on it of your why to-do list. You know how you were saying like, here's your to-do list and then figure out all of your reasons. And it's almost like, okay, what are my whys? Okay, I want connection with this child. I want this with my work. I want that with my spirituality.
1: And you're talking about results. And you talking want. about
0: the results that I want and then just creating my whys. Because I like the idea that throughout the day, just like I do when I'm reading to Esty, is my why is connection. My why is to enrich somebody's life. My why is service, my why, whatever my why is, Yeah. but you can kind of replay those in your head. And that feels much more motivating to me than some of the old thoughts that I've
1: been keeping around. Yeah. Then all the shoulds. Yeah. Yeah. And all like the just self-judgment and stuff.
2: And then when you know the why, when someone asks you, Hey, can you do this one thing? You know, if it's a quick, easy yes or no, because is it enhancing that? Why is it? Is it really like, it's almost like, is it magnetically taking that why and sticking it together to get the result? Or is it just because it sounds good? Like that service opportunity sounds good. But if you say, Hey, my service opportunities are going to be, I don't even know, but let's say it's like, I'm going to take meals to people. And that's how I'm going to show my service. We can define that if that's what we want it to be. So then someone's like, Hey, can you do this service thing? We have already decided like, it's going to be meals. And you can say, I'm sorry, I can't do that because your service looks like a certain way, or right. maybe you decide I'm going to be open to service. It can look however it wants, but I'm only going to do it for an hour a day. So when they say, Hey, can you come do this thing? And it's going to be four hour chunk. You're like, I love you. And I think that's a great thing, but I can't because my service, right. Is an hour a day. So when you have your whys and your results, then you can create like constraints and time around them so that you can get them done in your day, the way you want them to look. And then they don't start to blow up and take your schedule over again.
0: Oh, man. Well, we are just so grateful for your insight, Siri. You
1: are amazing.
0: Oh, I don't know about that, but thank think you all take it.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So we want to hear before we let you go, we want to hear from you about what is your well-looking here? What are you loving that we need to take a look at?
2: I really love a couple of different things, but they're The same thing as the five-year journals. There's a bazillion different ones out there, but mine happens to just come from Amazon. I just finished the first of my five years. So it was really fun to see like how I did the exact same things on the same day of the year, year after year after year. And I'm just like, we really do live a groundhog's life just because, you know, kids' activities and sports events and choir stuff, they all kind of land on the same part. So it was just really fun. And it was just really fun to be like, oh, I had them over for dinner or oh, I, I wonder how they're doing. So a five-year journal was super fun. It's just a couple of lines every day of what you did, and then I recently, because that one finished, I started a three-year journal that's a gratitude journal. So this year, instead of being more like journaly of what we did and actions and things that happened, I'm writing things that I'm grateful for, things that I noticed in my day that I appreciate. And so then I'm just on the first year, but then the second year it's way more fun to see like how your appreciation or how things that you enjoyed are now maybe a, a total rope part of your life or something that you are taking for granted again, because maybe it just became so like obvious that then you're like, Oh yeah, I remember when maybe that one thing wasn't part of my life and I'm grateful for it. So it allows you to feel that gratitude for it again, as you go over the years and read the different days.
1: Mm, I really love that. Yeah. Those sound amazing. They do. And that gratitude journal thing, I've been getting into a habit of doing that each morning. And it's such a good way to start your day. I mean, that's what we focus we try to do if we say a morning prayer is we say what we're thankful for first but i found that oftentimes i was getting a little bit like repetitive and to actually have to write down three things and you're looking at the things you did yesterday and you don't want to write the same three things again so you kind of are forced to get creative and think about because of course there's so many things you're thankful for so I love that. That's such a good one. I, this is such a silly one, but I'm telling you if you need a new pair of sweatpants, go to Zara and get their sweats right now. They're like kind of the baggy sweatpants with like the cinch at the bottom, but the ones that you're going to want to throw on and get out of your jeans when you get home. And yeah. they're just super soft and comfortable, but they're not too hot. They're also not so lightweight that they're not soft inside, like they're still soft inside. They just have a really good sweat pant right now and they have it in lots of different colors and in true Zara fashion, I think they're like 20 bucks. So
0: that's my well like Oh, yeah. I like that one, Britt. Yeah. I'm just curious who's
2: like getting out of their jeans. I haven't put any on in like a year. So I'm like,
1: <laughs> thank you. Good point. I should have said. And so when you get dressed for the day, you know what you're wearing. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. It and looked like you got the dressed ones. I'm like, you mean the only kind we want to wear? Right.
1: The only kind of sweat. Nobody <laughs> wants a restrictive sweatpant, you know? No. Sounds Mm-mm. terrible. Okay. Do you have anything for okay. us? Okay.
0: My well looky here is the geometry dish towels. I might've shared these before, but they are so amazing. And I know it's silly. It's like, it's a dish towel, whatever. And I'm the type that I just order like a bunch of the cheesecloth dish towels off Amazon in bulk. They're all the same color. They fit perfectly in my drawer. No, I don't do those anymore. What I do now is this company Geometry and they are dish towels. They have like a hundred different designs. They are super cool, like modern looking, fun colors, all of these things. And they are the most absorbent. They fold up so nice. They wash perfectly. I literally threw away all my cheesecloth towels and this is all I use now. I love them. And I give them as gifts all
1: the time. I mean, a kitchen towel, you know, but they must be good. No, they're so good. And everybody needs them. Yeah. And all of ours are stained, you know, all of them are stained and you can get them like
0: the coolest colors and stuff. My sister and I are big, um, true crime podcast junkies. And so I got her one. I don't think it was supposed to look like blood. It was supposed to look like a red tie dye thing, but I got it for her. Like here's, here's a cloth that looks like you cleaned up a murder scene, you know? Yes. And she's like, these are the best. They're the best.
1: That's awesome.
2: Okay. Well, those really sound fun. Can't go wrong with a good dish towel.
1: That's right. Yeah. When they're a good high quality one Mm -hmm. really makes a difference. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, awesome. Well, Siri, thank you so much. Hearing you sit here and kind of coach me through some things, both of us through some things (laughs) really helps us just bring home the value of having a coach. Yeah. And again, we learned about you through Brooke and we've seen the impact that you've had on her life and everyone needs a coach. So tell us where we can find you. Where can people find you if they want to be coached by you or learn more about your programs?
2: So I am on Instagram, so that's where you can come hang out with me. It's organized with an ED, so organizedlife.coach. And there in my link in my bio, I do offer free like discovery call consult session. So if coaching is something you think that you would be interested in, you can schedule a free hour with me. We can kind of just walk you through what are some of the things you're not getting in life that you want. And we can develop a plan to create those results for you in that hour. Um, and so that is a good place. I also have a website. It's the um, organizedlife.coach as well. And that has a little bit more about me and just different ways to work with me and stuff like that. So
0: yeah, I, I can vouch for that free hour. You're going to walk away with something. And then you're like, okay, Siri, I'm, I'm all yours.
1: Where do I sign? <laughs> It's like she just baits you. It's like, Ooh, she's <laughs> good. Oh, she's too good. good. She's yeah. too, good. <laughs> <laughs> too good. Oh, I love it. Okay, well, awesome. Well, thanks again for taking time with us, and we hope you have a wonderful week. And at, all of the listeners at home too. We hope you guys have an awesome week, and you attack that to do list in a totally different way. You feel motivated and organized. I mean, I'm feeling jazzed up. So
0: you are jazzed, huh?
1: I hope we all are. <laughs> okay, thanks, guys. Be well. Be well. We can't thank you enough for listening to our podcast today. We would love it if you would take a minute and make sure you are subscribed to our podcast. Subscribe can be kind of a scary word. In this situation, it doesn't cost anything. In fact, all it means is that you'll be able to easily find our podcast when the next episode comes out. It'll automatically download into your library, in your podcast app, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And it helps other people like you, who our podcast might benefit, find it more easily. We would also love it if you could take just a minute and rate and review our podcast. That also helps bump us up in the algorithm so that other people can find us when they're doing quick searches. So we would really appreciate your help on this. We thank you again for taking some time out of your day to take care of yourself, listen to something that hopefully gave you a little inspiration and spending it with us. We're honored. And hopefully, like us, you'll be getting some crap done this week. Be well.